0: Hey, everybody, this is your man, Jason O. Miles. How are you today? Well, welcome. Welcome to the Real Estate 360 podcast. Today, I just want to share with you a podcast that I was on uh, for a gentleman by the name of Joe Fairless. Excuse me, Joe Fairless. You very well may know him. He has a a great podcast, um, and there was one called Real Estate best advice. It's got the best ever real estate podcast. And so I just wanted to play this for you because there is some value to be had there uh, as people are just starting out. And we have a lot of people that are just starting out. So I felt that it would be valuable to share this with you. So it's not long. It's only about, you know, 15, 16 minutes. Take your time, listen to it, comment, and let's have a conversation. See you guys later. Peace.
1: Best ever listeners, hello, hello. How you doing? hope you're having a wonderful weekend and uh, a great Saturday. And because it's Saturday, we're doing a special segment, as you know, as a loyal best ever listener, it's called Situation Saturday. And the situation is going to be a sticky situation that our best ever guest has been in and not only been in, but successfully overcome. That way, whenever you get in this situation, you know exactly what to do. And how to do it so that you don't have to go through all the learning curve or the uh, growing pains that uh, the best ever listener had to. With us, we've got a previous best ever guest. And if you want to hear his best real estate advice, then go to episode 538. You can listen to that. And we're going to dive into Situation Saturday. How are you doing, Jason Miles?
2: Hello, hello, and thank you for having me, Joe. And hello to all of the best Ever ever listeners.
1: Well, hello back from myself and hello, hello back from them too. A little bit about Jason and then we'll get into it. He is based in Atlanta, Georgia. He's the author of the Home Finder's Guide. He's done hundreds of deals from single family to multifamily new construction and he's raised almost twenty million for his deals since two thousand eight. He's been in the industry for fifteen years. Yeah, just like 30 seconds or less. Jason, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background, and then we'll get into it.
2: Absolutely. My original career, if you will, was in the entertainment business, uh, which is what brought me to Atlanta. I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. This has been home since 96 for me. Uh, I started to have a family, and for who I am and who I wanted my family to be, I definitely didn't want it to be in the entertainment industry, so I spent a great deal of time learning how to do investment real estate. Since then, I've had an opportunity to obviously write books and articles. I've done the front end as well as back end education for the Robert Allen Institute for a couple of years, spent some time on the road with them. And then when I got published, we put a team together and we just, uh, we went out, we spent about three years just on the road ourselves. Giving the tips that we're talking about here today and showing people how to overcome some of these adversities and just follow the paperwork,
1: really. All right. Well, let's get into it. Today's situation, Saturday, and the sticky situation you were in. What was the situation? And will you tell us the story?
2: Absolutely. Uh, One of the most significant ones that I was in, and it's actually a a bit of a two-part story. It's the same property. This is probably one of my first dozen deals. And we were renovating the house and because I wanted to save money, I decided that I was going to be my own general contractor. Keep in mind, outside of cleaning the house, I had very little experience in in anything that had to do with construction. So hiring the contractors, taking people at their word, following up with them, going to the property relying on people who were just trying to get a check. And again, about that is I wasn't astute enough to realize that it it was more important for me to pay attention to who these people were and the work that they had done more so than how much they were charging me. Just because it's cheap obviously doesn't mean it's the best thing to do. But more often than not, we find experienced investors that are doing that even today. And they constantly have issues you know you hire a plumber because they can do it for $2000 cheaper but then you wind up hiring another plumber that's charging you $3000 more dollars not only is it costing you $1000 more than it originally would have the time that it's taking is also costing you especially if you have you know a hard money loan or there's just some interest associated with it or or you're missing your deadlines so i went in and i started to spend more and more time at the property making sure that things were getting done but didn't know the nuances you know how high the the air vent needs to be off the ground or the electric socket or things like that. Obviously I would have no reason to know those things because I hadn't done them. So very quickly realized well and very quickly is a, a very very I use that <laughs> term very very uh, loosely it took me on a project that should have taken about a month and a half, maybe two months, two months in, we were barely halfway done. So I had to go in and get rid of everybody, spend that time in getting rid of those guys, as well as finding a real project manager. A good project manager is absolutely priceless. If you can keep them on your team, make sure you keep them on your team. They'll save you money where they can. They're the ones that are going to run to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever supply houses that you're going to be dealing with. They're the ones that are going to be dealing with the contractor. So you have one point of contact as opposed to dealing with each individual sub in an attempt to save a dollar. You've only created a job for yourself. And if you're already working at whatever you're doing, and for me, it was real estate full time. It took away from my marketing time. It took away from looking at houses and making deals with people because I was trying to save money and not realizing that I was costing myself so much more money. Just the opportunity cost alone, I I couldn't calculate the loss, especially based on the volume of business I did in the first year. I probably lost 10 or 12 deals, wasting those two or three hours a day at that property. So I brought in a a good general contractor. I wound up spending 50% more on that deal because of course we all know contractors don't like to go behind other contractors they'd rather just redo it and save you whatever they can save you based on what they would have originally charged you and that took him another five weeks to finish that particular project so a project that was slated for six weeks and that particular budget was about sixty thousand dollars wound up costing me $90,000, this is just in the renovation. And believe me when I tell you in Atlanta, you can build a house for $90,000 in Atlanta, especially at that time. (laughs) But I couldn't get out of it, I had a loan in place, I wound up just taking a bath on that deal altogether. But what I did get out of it was learning how not to do my business. Learning to value the experience of others. I learned a checklist process that I still implement to this day that I go through with my contractor and make him go through with each one of his subs so that I can make sure that everything is signed off on when my lenders come in or the inspectors are coming in to look at these things. We can see the checklist. We know what it's supposed to be. We know who's done it. We make sure that we're paying them only after things have been approved. But again, a $30,000 learning experience over a, nine week period. I mean, people graduate from college in four years for that $30,000 if it's a state college that is, (laughs) but, but a $30,000 education in a very short period of time was quite a learning experience to me. But again, it showed me how I should not operate my business. It gave me the motivation to create the checklists and the forms and all the things that you're supposed to use. Because again, like I talked to you about in our first conversation, I didn't have that mentor. I was really just kind of winging it, going off of what other investors had done, not really paying attention to the fact that they might not be doing the things that they're doing correctly, or it just may not gel with the way I would like to do business. And having come from an industry that is just riddled with paperwork and contracts, I was very familiar with them, but something in me allowed me to just... Forget all that good common sense business. Even though I had contracts, they just weren't as specific as they should have been. But I learned a great deal. I met some good people, people that I still work with to this day. That was 15 years ago. And it's just priceless. As I show people this contractor package that I have full of checklists and lien waivers and everything that you would need for any kind of a project, big or small, that you're doing. Those things are vital. They are vital that you make sure your general contractors have them, and it's vital that your general contractor or project manager is making sure that everyone else is being held accountable that's working for them, that's contracted to work on your project for them. Because in the end, it's all your money.
1: That contractor package, is that something that's on your website or something you sell, or? Yeah,
2: what I'm doing right now, Joe, is I'm creating a very simple common sense approach to real estate investing. You know that there are so many different programs out there you know that are technology-based. You can go scrub Craigslist with this, you can scrub whatever kind of a real estate list they have with something else. From my experience they just really don't work good. The grassroots approach really really works. You have to have these forms, you have to know how to use them. Uh, You have to know which one comes first. It's not enough to be sent to a website or to purchase a package, and you get 300 forms, and you literally don't know where to start. I've been there, I've done that. And you wind up spending money on these contracts based on the way you do them. So what I'm doing now, Joe, is creating a website where you can get some of this, like what to do in your first 30 days if you're brand new. How do you organize your business so that you can be effective in your business?
1: So it's not created yet, the website?
2: It should be available right now. I mean, we're on Saturday. It It should absolutely absolutely be available right now. And that's the Jason O. Miles, and that's Jason O. Miles with a Y, R-E-network.com.
1: Okay. I will put that in the show notes page. Jason O-M-Y-L-E-S-R-E-network.com. That's correct. Okay. But
2: again, I can't stress enough how important it is to not skip this. Don't shortchange yourself thinking that you're saving yourself a few thousand bucks in the end. Because if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know code, you're going to cost yourself 10, 20 or $30,000 like me. And it's just not good for your business. If you're using a 401k to invest, that's lost money. If you're borrowing the money from a lender. And you're selling the house, and you only have maybe a twenty-five or a thirty thousand dollar profit, depending on where you are in the country. It could be a bust for you, or you could have to show up to closing with a few thousand dollars, which means you even lose more. So please take heed in what I'm telling you with this horror story, this nightmare that I had to live with. And believe me, just because it got sold, didn't mean that the nightmare was over in my mind and in my heart. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a uh,
1: well, the gut renting experience
2: because I didn't make any money
1: for every story on not working with a contractor and doing it yourself and taking some hits there's an equal there's another story where it's the opposite where people work with contractors, but the contractors don't work out and now they you know swear anytime they hear the word general contractor so they've taken it on upon themselves to do that work so the question is how did you find the good contractor
2: absolutely uh which is that's an absolutely wonderful question and it wasn't an overnight process this is your company you are the ceo of your company anyone that you hire is an employee of yours and needs to be treated as such you have to interview them you have to check out their references you have to see their work you have to talk to people about their timelines I know that in a lot of counties around the country, the contractor has to pull a permit. So in you doing your research, it's not enough to just look at their references. I did this and still do this on occasion and ask for permits in the name of that particular person or company and look at the timeline from when they pulled the permit to when it was signed off on. And the information for the owner of that property will also be attached generally to that permit. So you can call them. You just pick a couple and you just call. It takes an hour out of your day to go down and pull this information. They might charge you 25 or 50 cents a copy, but it's absolutely worth it when you're interviewing these companies to make sure that they are who they say they are and that they can do what they say they can do. Because the last thing you want is to see a project that they had for fifteen or $20,000 and it took them six months to do it. What's the problem there? You want to know that even in Atlanta, those are pretty small projects. You should be in and out of them in a month, three weeks to four weeks. So you just interview them. You talk to them. You check their references. You see their work. It's not enough to just look at their pictures because anybody can email you pictures. You have to take out the time out of your schedule because, again, you are the CEO of your company, a company that you plan on changing your life and creating a life for your family. You have to treat it as such. You have to treat your money like you treat your relationships. If you're married, you're not just going to give your spouse away. You're going to care for your spouse. You're going to want to know that when your spouse isn't around you, that your spouse is being well taken care of. I'm not saying that you have to love money. I'm simply saying that you have to respect it as you would respect any other important relationship in your life.
1: Is there anything else that you want to mention as it relates to your situation of not having a general contractor and you know getting the bumps and bruises and the learning experiences along the way?
2: At this point, it's a matter of knowing the importance of having those mentors, knowing the importance of reaching out to people that have the experience so that you don't have to go through it. If you're brand new or you're a novice and you've experienced some of these Things in your business, don't run away from the general contractors. They're there for a reason. They're there because you need them to pull the permits. They're there because they know the rules and regulations of their piece of the industry. You have to focus on being great at what you're great at. If you spend your time being focused on being great at what you're great at and doing what they do great, you'll never get anywhere. You will spend all your days being busy for nothing you're just busy being busy and you'll never get anywhere you'll just be in the mouse wheel you'll just be running in circles you'll never get anywhere but you'll always feel busy so focus on hiring good talent and let your talent be finding the deal
1: and boy that last part the always feel busy but you're not really accomplishing a whole lot i've been there at the beginning of my entrepreneurial career a couple years ago and It sucks. It's a terrible feeling because at the end of the day, you look at what the hell you just did for the last 18 hours. It's like, oh, man. It's a top 10 bad feeling. So I I, I completely agree. I mean, we've got to bring on the right team members, whether it's contractors or whether it's you know assistance or you know who, who, who depends on whatever your company is, but boy, that's that's really important. and find a way to be resourceful and creative. If you don't have money, then find a way to do a trade of services or something. There's always a way, maybe profit sharing in the deal. I mean, you're only limited by your creativity. But we, in order to scale our company, we've got to build a team around us that are experts so that we can continue to elevate ourselves as the business grows. Thank you so much, Jason, for being on the show again, talking through the sticky situation that you uh, experienced. And I'm confident that as the best ever listeners, Come across this if they do, that they will have many lessons learned from this experience that they can apply to their own career. Have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you so much.